Welcome to Environmentality, a podcast for current environmental news, lectures, and interviews with the experts. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Let's dive on in. And now, here's your brief update on what's been happening to the planet from around the world. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Let's hop on into your weekly news. Man's best friend just got a whole lot cooler as the fight to detect COVID-19 has now embraced the warm, fluffy arms of dogs. Scientists around the world are developing COVID-19 sniffing dogs in the same way that dogs can sniff drugs. There's a lot of really interesting science and data that are showing that dogs can sniff out COVID-19, especially in asymptomatic and people who don't already yet know that they have COVID-19. Dogs have already been proven to be able to detect malaria and other types of infections and cancers, and so this is right up the alley for man's best friend with their sense of smell that's 10,000 times stronger than that of humans. So far, their tests are showing anywhere between 83 to 96% accuracy in terms of accurately identifying COVID-19 positive people. The gold standard is for the dogs to smell the armpits of a patient or someone maybe at an airport and they're able to detect whether or not they have COVID-19. Now this is not as accurate as some of the tests but you get the result in seconds versus a few minutes in the best case scenario or what most of us are experiencing is a few days. Dogs are trained to detect COVID-19 through a panel of scent holes where they are sniffing for either positive or negative samples on the other side of those scent holes. If they alert to the correct diagnosis, then they are rewarded with a treat or a toy. Dogs are extremely unlikely to receive COVID-19 from transmitting humans, and so there's not a threat to these dogs in this process. So this makes them a very valuable and potentially effective tool for detecting early cases and asymptomatic cases of COVID-19. A recent study published in Nature last week shows that rising nitrous oxide emissions are jeopardizing the climate goals of the Paris Climate Agreement. As the population increases and the demand for more food and the Western diet, so does our industrial agricultural system that has been developed here in the United States. It's one of unsustainability and a heavy reliance on chemical fertilizers in the form of anhydrous ammonia and other nitrogen-based products. These products release emissions of a greenhouse gas known as nitrous oxide, which is 300 times more potent in terms of warming the planet than carbon dioxide. It may not stay in the atmosphere for as long, but it has a more damaging impact on the environment while it remains. It depletes ozone in the stratosphere, which contributes to the ozone hole. It also leads to tropospheric ozone generation also known as smog, and is devastating urban areas worldwide. But more than that, nitrous oxide warms the planet. It is a very effective insulation, and as countries around the world are starting to embrace a more industrialized model of agriculture, so are these emissions, and it's starting to devastate any hope of trying to curb greenhouse gas emissions and limit the planet to an average increased warming of 2 degrees Celsius. 
What's fascinating about the study is that it's showing that the largest contributors to global nitrous oxide emissions are coming from East Asia, South Asia, Africa, and South America. As GDP and affluency are on the rise in these areas, so does the purchasing of cars that lead to heavy emissions of nitrous oxides, as well as the industrialized model of agriculture, which again has a heavy reliance on chemical inputs in the form of nitrogen. The study is underscoring the need for us to find synergy in our fight against climate change and the way that we feed our people. We need to rely less on chemistry and more on biology, embrace animal integration as a form of fertilizing our lands without the need and noxious impacts of nitrogen fertilizers. The next story may provide a solution to our global plastic problem. PET, also known as polyethylene terephthalate, is one of the most common plastics used in single-use plastic. Drinking bottles, clothing, carpets, you name it, it's used. And a recent discovery shows that PETase, or PETase, is an enzyme that can actually break down plastic. And this was a recent discovery that showed that Petase can help reduce the time of plastic breaking down in the environment from hundreds of years to a few days. And so very eagerly, scientists went in and re-engineered this naturally occurring enzyme known as petase and formed a new, faster, more efficient plastic digesting enzyme known now as metase. And when metase and petase are combined in an enzymatic cocktail the speed of plastic breakdown is doubled. And now as scientists are now engineering to fuse metase and petase together, this can increase the plastic digestion time by three times. Overall, this UK-USA collaboration is stemming from the Center for Enzyme Innovation, where they're taking enzymes from the natural environment using synthetic biology to be able to form new enzymes for industrial applications such as plastic digestion. And this center and this discovery and this engineering is providing a huge hope to the devastating issue of plastic pollution around the world. All right, everyone, that's all I have for you this week. Hope you enjoyed your stories. We'll see you back here on Thursday for the kickoff of season two. We have a lovely interview arranged for you from Tony Palmer, the CEO of Tropic Sport, who's going to be sharing with us about reef safe and human safe sunscreen. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy your week. We'll see you here later. <laughs>